Welcome to Sound and Vision, conversations with contemporary artists and musicians about the creative process. Here's the host of Sound and Vision, Brian Alfred. Sound and Vision is proudly sponsored by Golden Artist Colors. Golden makes the best acrylic paint. They make Williamsburg oil colors and core watercolors and a bunch of mediums and other paint supplies that are the best quality you can get. You can find Golden in your local art store, or you can find out more information about them and their employee-owned company at goldenpaints.com. Sound and Vision is also sponsored by Fulcrum Coffee. Since Fulcrum has started me on their subscription coffee program, I've been trying new coffee each week, and there hasn't been a dud so far. Really great coffee with distinct differences in each roast. It's some of the best coffee I've had. And trust me, I've had a lot. The next time you're looking for coffee, check out Seattle-based Fulcrum Coffee Roasters. You can find out more and get their coffee at fulcrumcoffee.com. Sound and Vision listeners get a 20% discount on their order with the code Alfred Studio when purchasing their coffee. Catherine McNaughton was born in 1985 in Toronto, Canada, and lives and works in Lisbon, Portugal. She graduated from the Ontario College of Art and Design in 2007. Her solo exhibitions include Heat Wave at Beers London and Intervals in Beers London, Fixed State and Sprang at Balchi Gallery in Toronto, Blue Note at the Hunt Club Gallery in Toronto. Group exhibitions include Organized Chaos at Magma Gallery in Bologna, Italy, Poor at Joshua Liner Gallery in New York, Your Favorite Artist's Favorite Artist 2 at Joshua Liner Gallery in New York, Dualities, A Bridge Between Two Worlds at Balchi Gallery in Toronto, Smash at the Gardner Museum in Toronto, and The One That Got Away at Artscape Young Place in Toronto. Her residencies include the Pada Studios in Lisbon, and her work has been featured in publications such as Elle Magazine, District W Magazine, and The Covetour. I spoke with Catherine about her roots in Toronto, living in Portugal, doing Steinbeck book covers, bartending, electronic music, and much more. Here's our conversation. You know where a good place to start would be? Lisbon. Yes. yes. Um, yeah, Lisbon so is So when did you, so you just moved there? Yeah, I moved there to two and a half months, May 14th, two and a half months ago. Oh, that's not just bad. It's not like brand spanking new. No, no, but it, it feels like it because everything kind of came together maybe July 1st. It took a really long time to, to get things organized. Um, God, moving in this environment, was it tricky? Yes, very, very tricky. Like, <laughs> um, Can you imagine? That's not a s- small move. No. Like and a move I, like, you know, in another neighborhood, that's like... Yeah, and the visa took took so long to get, uh, and it didn't yeah. it didn't actually come until I got here. It came a few weeks ago. I had to ship my passport back. I don't know if I should be. <laughs> no, they told me at the embassy this is what you should do because we'll, we'll the, just we'll garble <laughs> that off the. <laughs> no, the embassy told me to do this. It wasn't that the Portuguese embassy was like they were, they were so backed up because of the pandemic and it just took forever, but. Um, yeah, so things are starting to move now, and um, it's great. It's just it's very complicated, and 
they're very slow here. <laughs> yeah, I can so. imagine. Well, now too, like everything's slow because everyone's understaffed. Exactly. And like yeah. Just everything got delayed. It's almost like last year when everyone was sitting inside for a few months. Yeah. It got really quiet, and yeah. it was almost like a giant boat that went by, and it was just like quietly went by, and then like you know a year later the waves just start crashing like all the consequences of that oh yeah 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 are are now starting to really you know swell up yeah yeah um i got lucky though i was almost not gonna go at last minute it's everything just fell into place so perfectly in the end and so happy i'm here so happy you know i was recently looking into maybe taking a trip to lisbon just because just to go there and there were some places that looked so nice but it just seemed with like all the stuff that's going on right now that yeah. it was just not the best time to go to travel to europe because who knows what the hell's gonna happen i know i know it's hard to say like the numbers here aren't great but they're plateauing a bit and i think it's because a lot of people are getting vaccinated um i actually like it's nuts i got my second vaccine here which i thought would never happen my second shot last saturday and i thought that was going to take forever (laughs) like i know people here that are expats that have been living here for five years i don't know why i got the call but a lot of people now are getting vaccinated and the numbers are going down and i don't know you hope who knows though right like just in time for the booster you might have to get the third version oh i know i know i know um is what it is yeah at least you're you're clear now you know yeah for now (laughs) (laughs) i know it's so hard right to plan like planning is different now i think we took so much for granted because you know anything could happen at any time but it seemed like as far as planning is concerned and travel it was kind of okay there for a couple decades like (laughs) i haven't seen my parents in two years like they they live in bc and um i was gonna see them at christmas and that didn't turn it because the numbers were really bad around Christmas. And then I didn't want to take the risk. And then... Um, Wait, where were you though? Were you in Toronto? I was in Toronto, but it was just, I was too... They were like, you know, they were saying don't fly. And then I was just like, I will, will never forgive myself if I'm the reason why my parents get COVID. Oh, that's, that was the you thing. Know? Like we didn't see our parents. Yeah, yeah, we couldn't. You can't risk it. You yeah. Know? So now they're trying to come to Portugal and we're running into the same problem again. Same thing with a few of my friends that want to come in September. They got a call from them yesterday and they were like, well, now the, like, you know, Ontario is saying don't fly, don't fly to Portugal. It's on the red zone. And I'm like, well, yeah. that, that's what they're saying now, but who knows what they're going to say in September. Like you kind of just have to take, not the risk, but like book the flight and hopefully, I, I don't know. Actually, I don't know. It's tough. I mean, if you're being really cautious, you can never go anywhere. Exactly. Yeah. So it's, it's all kind of like mitigating the risks and all it's crazy. Yeah. You know, let's hope that things like smooth out. I know, but it's exciting. You're there. I mean, that seems like such a great place. It's wonderful. And yeah, it's really the most beautiful city. I feel like I've been wanting to move here for years. Um, I just get that. You know, when you're just in a in a place that you're just like, this is me. Like it, it felt always when I came here, it felt like home. It felt like I I, I just it felt right to me, and so I, I finally did it, and um, it's better than I even expected. <laughs> what brought you there to begin with? 
Um, you well, I have a really Vacation? close. No, I have a close friend who lives here with her husband. Oh, okay. Um, and they have been here for six years. He's Portuguese. And, that explains it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I've come to visit them. I've I've had other friends here, and then I did a residency here two two years ago, right before the pandemic. So I've come. Yeah, I've come like almost every year for the yeah. last five or six years. Never gets old. <laughs> I, it looks pretty nice, and I have a couple friends who are from there who swear by it. Yeah, the food, the food, the people. I mean, there's a really great little art scene too, that, and it's just it's prospering, and I don't know, it's great. All right, well, so that's where you are now. Mm-hmm. We got to go way back and sort of <laughs> connect the dots here. <laughs> but so Toronto is where you were before. Yeah. And that's where you grew up. Yes. I'm you were always there. I was always there. Um, I, and I believe you would pronounce it Toronto. Yes. yes. Also why I moved. Because I was like, this has got to change. Can't, I can't <laughs> that die was, that here. Was the, that was the straw that broke the camel's back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yes, I was born, born and raised in Toronto. Um, yeah. Well, how'd that happen? What, were, Parents, what are mom and dad doing in Toronto? They're from Toronto too. The lifers too. Holy! How many, how many generations are we talking? Uh, is your uh, name Scottish? And yeah, Scottish. Ethnically, yeah. yes, yes. So um, there we go. At one point, it was in Scotland. Yeah, and Nova you migrated Scotia. closer to your roots, <laughs> a little further south, but yeah, uh, yeah. Always from my great, if my great grandmother was oh. Wait, wait, wait. Windsor, too, near De- like near Detroit. Okay. I, I do remember some aunts and uncles. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know my, my heritage or my lineage that well. <laughs> um, anyways, yeah, so... Let's just say deep Canadian. D- yeah, deep Canadian. Deep Were your parents Canadian. creative, though? Were they... What did they do? Um, my... Or what do they do, I should say? My dad uh, is an interior architect, or was. He's reti- They're both creative. retired. Both retired now. Yeah. Um, and my mom is, was an accountant. Um, so oh, you've, got the, you've got the connection. That's all you need. Yeah. You've yeah. got the creativity side on one side and the business I, acumen on the other. I didn't get any of my mother's. No, traits. it didn't come. <laughs> no trickle-down theory? No. No. <laughs> no, horrible at math. Horrible. Well, you got your mom. You just have her do the bills. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. She did. Yeah. She did my accounting all the time growing up. See? <laughs> it worked out. It didn't need the trickle down. You could just keep it up there and yeah. mom, and yeah. then, you know, she can help you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, my dad was an interior architect, so I guess it's from him. My brother, I have a brother as well. And he was always creative. My grandmother, too, was, was a painter. Um, not more of a hobby, but I do remember growing up, and her paintings were everywhere. Oh, um, a Niagara Falls painter? Did she paint the falls? No, but she did go into the wilderness a lot, and she d- do she did like or paint like group group of seven paintings and nature, nice. a lot of nature oil paintings. Yeah, some plein air. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's cool. So it came, yeah. And when you say your dad was an interior architect, what it, do you mean? Like an architect who only designs interior, like an interior designer. Well, he doesn't do, like, 
he he did focus more on the lighting, lighting and fixtures okay. and all that. So that's why it's hard to say. I, I mean, this is what I think because interior designer can really mean, you know, furniture Picking as out well. The sofa. Yeah, yeah. And right. he did more of the fixtures. Yeah. Um, I get it. Yeah. Structural interior design. Yes. Yes. Um, but he also drew too. He he painted and, and drew. he now he does sculpture now. It's really it's really nice. nice. Yeah, he has. What's a little, he doing? Carving, carving. No, he does ceramics. Oh, that's great. Yeah, he has like a little ceramic studio uh, near his place in in BC. Um, that kind of sounds blissful. Yeah, retired doing ceramics. Yeah, it's really cute. He sends me photos all the time of his like that's new cool. creations. Yeah. So he must be proud of you dedicating your life to this craziness yeah. of art. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, they're, they're, they're super happy about it. <laughs> That's great. Now, was the sort of the art school or art classes in school in Toronto, were they, was it a good environment? Was it kind of pro-creativity? Did you have good teachers? Yes. Or did you have to do it on your own? Uh, I mean, in, in high school... I do remember it was really the only thing I was good at. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I think I always knew that that was something creative was like the road road for me. Um, and even as a kid too, like I would, my parents always put me in, you know, craft arts. I was always taking after school art programs and all that. Um, yeah. So, and then, and then I went to, uh, Ontario college of art and design in Toronto which and I don't know much about. How was it? Is it a big school? It's really big, yeah. It's it's pretty big. I mean, there's a design area and then there's the fine art area and I actually majored in illustration. I I, I like went into it in my foundation year and really not knowing what I was going to do and uh, I would thought maybe environmental design. And I, the only reason why I did illustration as well is because I just I assumed becoming a painter was just not feasible. <laughs> right. <laughs> it was the employability. It was the employability and, of a of a major like that. Yeah. Or like oh, I can in illustration, I can get a gig somewhere. Like commercial work, and also for my parents too. I think that's what they were steering me towards. So yeah, I ended up doing. I would just remember a teacher in foundation year saw some of my drawings and he was, he just said to me, he's like, Oh, you have work similar to, which is strange, but David Hockney, you should do it. You should go into illustration. So, so I just took it. Sure. I was like, okay, like sure. Isn't it funny when you're younger like that? You're like, yeah. yeah. Okay. I, I, mean, I'll do that. I, I was 17. It's so crazy. Like first year university, it's 17. Um, so yep. Yeah, so I did illustration. I mean, I did do, I took fine, fine art elective classes. So I took printmaking and drawing on the side. Um, but I mean, the illustration program at OCAD was pretty phenomenal. I mean, I think it was known in the, in the whole school as one of the best, um, um, courses. So, uh, and our teachers were great. I mean, I, I wonder what it would have been like if I took fine art. Uh, I do remember taking some of the classes though, and it was, very loose and I did love the structure of illustration and they were pretty pretty hardcore <laughs> like yeah you would get in a lot of tri- like you could you couldn't miss any classes there was always assignments deadlines presentations and and they were pretty pretty strict 
um, rigorous. Yeah. As opposed to the art classes were like, Hey, you showed up today. Nice. Yeah. To see and just everything was, it felt like an A plus for everything. It's so sure. subjective. Like we can't, <laughs> it felt like that when I was in, in the first, first few courses, but, right. um, so yeah, I graduated from OCAD in the illustration. Wait, with the illustration degree? Yeah, yeah. So you didn't get converted halfway through? No, like a lot no. of people start off with the, uh, I'll make money with this major, and then they oh, get I was, smitten by, you know, the fine arts, and they're like, okay, well. That took like 10 years <laughs> to get there. It was a slow burn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I... Uh, I was an illustrator for, I think, eight years. Well, actually, I graduated. I went to London for a year or eight months to try. I don't know. I was graduated. I wanted to live in the UK for a minute. Sure. It was way too tough, and I was dirt poor. I couldn't afford anything. <laughs> it was really, it was a struggle. Um, and then I Not moved, a cheap city. No. And also when you're young and I mean, I was working, I was trying to do illustration there and, and get hired as a freelancer. It wasn't working. And I ended up working at Selfridges in retail and I was making like five pounds an hour. My Brutal. rent was insane. And <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, not the, what you were imagining. No, 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 not at all. Uh, so I left, I came back, and then I was in a panic, and uh, I applied for a job as an art director. So then I was an art director in an ad agency for a few years, um, and then I left, and then I tried the freelance freelancing full-time. Then I was hired as a designer at a graphic design agency, um, and then... Stopped that and was full-time illustration. And I got some oh. gigs here and there, like really great ones. I did, um, uh, I redid the covers for a pe- um, John Steinbeck, like six of them nice. yeah. for Penguin. And yeah, I did some book, great book covers, but it just, it was like feast or famine. Like they, good work would come and then it would be like a year of nothing. <laughs> Not that structure that you were yearning for. No. So I kept on going back and forth um, through, you know, graphic design jobs and illustration. Uh, And then uh, my friend opened a collective studio space uh, and I became a part of it and was working out of there as an illustrator. But she had a basement and I started painting in the basement uh, and I just started creating work down there and having my own shows in the space. And that's how I really started. And then, yeah, it just, illustration started to slowly move out and painting was the pri- prime, prime career. <laughs> that's how it always oh, yeah. starts. You go yeah. hang out with your friends. They introduce you to a little something in the basement. Yeah. Next thing you know, your structure is out the window and you're I an artist. I mean, I think I just needed the space too. Like, yeah. Once, once I saw that space, and then I, when I, I knew what I could do, I, yeah, it gave me an so, opportunity. It's interesting. I mean, it sounds like, uh, not to presume, but you didn't have much of a fine art education no. at all, really. No, 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 no. So, but it sounds like you had a real long education in design and mm-hmm. illustration and technique mm-hmm. and you know process linked to, you know, kind of probably like a concept that was you know client driven and all that. So when you pick up the canvas 
mm-hmm. and the paintbrushes. I mean, was it what was it like in the beginning? Were you, you know, did you jump right into something, or did you have to work through some some kinks in there, or how did it? How was the transition? I mean, I think that my illustration work had. I mean, my illustration work was based on collage, and it it had an abstract kind of expressionist feel to it. It felt very raw. Like I'd scan scan lots of digital images into the computer and then mess around with it. And so when I did, when I started working on canvas and physically, like it, it, it kind of had the same feel, just more um, intuitive. So it was, it was, I guess, more expressive and freeing for sure but uh uh back then it was it had a more of a robert rushenberg kind of feel to it yeah 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 well there's two ways it could go it could i mean making that jump could be either daunting and like well what do i when there's no rules you know what i mean the do I like how do I begin the, the blank canvas of like well, what the hell I th- which I think ultimately yeah um is one of the hardest parts of being an artist it's like that blank canvas like what do oh, I yeah. do yeah because you can figure out for the most part yeah. a technique or how to make the work work but yeah. it's really about like well what do I do no definitely definitely um and I think it was just a matter of just throwing paint <laughs> canvas and yeah. messing around and and then and then peeling stuff off and putting things I mean it's kind of similar to what I do now in in a, in a weird way but I mean obviously a lot more cleaner now but um I do kind of still take the same approach and it was the same thing kind of with illustration as well it was kind of scanning textures into the computer and then masking it out seeing what I like, composing it. I mean, it's very similar <laughs> yeah. now that I think about it, yeah. Yeah, and, those techniques. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and, and screen printing was always a huge thing growing up for me, or, I mean, in university and, and afterwards in illustration. And I think I still love that quality of a screen, like flat, flat shape graphic. And, right. and I use the squeegee a lot still, and... I was doing that as well, like at the very beginning. Um, and process, which seems yeah. such a part of the work. Yeah, yeah. Kind of like segmented process that is, you know, and and the, the image is almost uh, comprised of these different processes that, mm-hmm. you know, are, are almost like different ways of making merged, kind of slamming together, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, it sounds like that's yeah. kind of an intuitive way for you to work. Yeah. Yeah. Now, are your, well, if, you, if you're into it, are your music tastes aligned to this kind of working or this sensibility? Mm, yes. I mean, I love everything <laughs> in terms of music. It's hard. I mean, depending on the, the year. <laughs> um, I'm there with you. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, I love everything. I, I really, when in university, I loved, you know, rock, like the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs and um, um, LCD sound system and all that. And then, yeah. and then I really also, I also love like electronic music and house. And I have friends that are 
our, our DJs or, or make music like ambient music and, and experiment. And it's fun to listen to them create their work because I do find when I'm listening to it, they show me a recording. I'm like visualizing cut and paste, cut and paste. Like you can kind of yeah. hear the samples and like all the little bits Collage. and now like collaging it together yeah. and I can just visualize it. It's, it's kind of nice. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, music, music definitely is a big part. These days, though, these days, though, I, I, I listen to music when I'm doing my washes at the beginning or, or if I feel a little bit stuck. Um, but I, a lot of podcasts. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm Take really your mind into that zone. Or right? s- silence sometimes. I think also the pandemic, it was strange with the pandemic. I got into this like groove of listening to CBC News a lot just because yeah. of the updates. And then right. it went away, the updates, but I just, it became a thing that I just did in the morning, turn on CBC and then just never turned it off. And I just like the idea that I could hear someone speaking live, even though I didn't actually listen to it. I just wanted to hear voices that were... I feel connected. Right? Yeah, yeah. It's weird. I, I, and yeah. I Sometimes can totally music relate to that. Gets intense for me, and I get too um, I get too internal and like emotional. And sometimes I just need a, a voice speaking in the background. Yeah, yeah. I totally get that. After for me, after nine eleven, I mm. went into that. Yeah, where it was twenty four hour news. I just had to feel like even if I wasn't listening to it all the time, feel connected. Like what's happening? What's I going know. on? And I think it's some sort of like coping mechanism to where you feel like, well, I got to be informed, you know, I because know. it's so new. I mean, back then that was like a huge event and it was like, for you know, sure. Yeah. Yeah. was didn't know what was going to happen next. And, you know, I, I just went on a binge of like news all the time for like a couple of years. It was gruesome. I mean, it's just like weighed on me. Oh, <laughs> I know. When I passed that, I remember like to wean myself off, what I would do is put on baseball games because mm. it was live and it was like, yeah, there yeah, was yeah. voices, but it wasn't so depressing. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, 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 yeah. Transition back into music, which took a little bit, I think. No, I totally agree. It's, it, I, thankfully though, I'm not doing it here. Uh, like, I mean, I haven't been in the studio for very long and uh, we'll see what actually ends up happening. The problem actually with my studio here is that it's, it's quite large. Um, it has a warehouse kind of feel to it. It's industrial. No, it sounds, like a, it sounds like an awful problem. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Everyone listening is like, come on. It's incredible, but I can't, I, I need, I, I, this is, I'm not complaining, but I either need like giant speakers or everything in my headphones. Yeah. So right now I'm only listening to everything in my headphones, which means I'm listening to podcasts more. Usually I like to listen to music on speakers, not in my headphones. I hear you. Yeah. Um, so, uh, we'll see what happens because right now too, being here, like I'm not listening to CBC news anymore. <laughs> like that's, right. that's not yeah. happening. Uh, just podcast. Yeah. Maybe you'll just convert to death metal. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. That sounds very Lisbon. Yeah. Just get rent giant PA speakers and just blow it out in the studio. So it's, it's pretty big. It is. It's, um, uh, It's, they say it's 143 meters square, but I don't think it is. American. I know. Sorry. 
So I, I know, too. I know I'm it's annoying. I'm I can't feet. do it. I'm I don't know what feet. I don't know what is in feet. I think that's. I think that's eleven. No, no, it's more than that. I had it calculated at one point. Now I forget. It's like but, two thousand square feet. Yeah, but it's not. It's not. I think it's probably fourteen. Um, fourteen. Yeah. Big enough, that's for sure. It, now, it's, it, it's more that the the, it, the ceilings are really like it's I. It's a little too big. Just tall. Yeah. <laughs> like, like really tall. Um, I did a residency once where I had a gigantic studio. Mm-hmm. I mean, huge. And the garage door opened up to it. And that was only like a quarter of the size of the studio. So this thing was monster. And I didn't know what to do. I know. I worked in one little corner. It was so pathetic looking. I mean, yeah. I had work. I hung work. But I would just make the work in one little corner. I didn't like it. It was too big. I know. And I, I mean, this size is okay. I think it will be fine once I have more work you know, being, or in progress, so I think it will all be okay, but uh, there were a few studios I looked at here that were so ginormous, like, and the price was nothing, I think it was almost cheaper. Again, no one wants to, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, there was mold everywhere, there was mold everywhere, there was, it had a, it needed a lot of work, Um, yes, there were people sleeping in it, and yeah, I get it, it was unbelievable, but I told the guy, I was like, I, I, Honestly, I, I think I'd need to sh- I need to share this with someone. Like this is scary for me. I don't know what I would do with all the space. Like this is too much. I think sometimes it's a, intimidating to have too much space because oh, like, yeah. I gotta. You know, you get that horror vacuum where you feel like you have to fill it. Exactly. Yeah. Or you feel like shame or something. I know. I know. <laughs> That's how I felt when I had that big one. I just oh, started I hanging older work up. Like yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> in a residency, it was weird. But um, yeah. So. Uh, I mean, are you are you full on working yet? Or are you still kind of getting in the swing of it? I mean, I'm paying. I I ordered my stre- I I planned everything out. I ordered my stretchers. I got my canvas and ordered my paint and stuff. Um, actually, is that the, from new places? Or are you going with the old tried and true? Well, I ordered from um, a company when I was here last time, and I love them. Okay. And it's, oh, that's right, you were there. Never yeah, there. it was called Lortel. It's in Belgium now. Because the art supply situation here isn't great. Isn't that weird when you go somewhere, when you get really used to your thing? Like, I worked in the summer in Japan, and they just didn't have big stretchers. Yeah, yeah. Because it's Japan. Like, no one's really working that huge. I mean, I'm sure you could go somewhere, but in a normal art store, I asked them for, like, these big stretcher bars, and they were just like, no, we don't have that. No, (laughs) they don't. I don't even think, yeah, the stretchers here, it, it, it almost doesn't exist. Like yeah, I've asked a different. few gallery owners about it too, and they were they said to me they they're like you you should just order from Artel like most artists here order from there, yeah, um, and they're beautiful they're they're um, uh, the ones with the uh, metal on the inside. Ah, uh, nice. Mm-hmm. They're Belgian. Yeah, yeah. No, everything in Belgium. I know, better. I know, and I I ended up ordering all my supplies from there too because they have golden, and nice. I, I do love golden, and it's hard to to I just the paint here is in tubes and I need like jars I think for, oh, yeah. for my work. I mean I know it's it's old hat but a golden paint is so good there's nothing it's, like it with it's, it's nothing it's and nothing. it lasts forever like I, I find does. I find that the the paint actually I have I can order like jars of it and I will have it for months and months it just yeah yeah it's it's and uh, the thing 
not to turn this into a commercial, but the pigment, <laughs> the pigment's so good too. So it's good. So other good. paints you have to like put mm-hmm. on three layers or something. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I was lucky so, I found that in Belgium as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, let's go back to Toronto. So you you got out, you started painting with that collective or in that building, mm-hmm. and then how did you did did that facilitate connecting to the quote unquote art world or and like through the people you knew or did you and when did you get the feeling of like okay I'm gonna I'm gonna do this do this like I'm gonna you know yeah so I was doing the the, the painting on the side still freelancing. Um, selling like work here and there to friends and people that came like so the the, the collective or the the studio space it's called Hunt Club Studio. Um, it had a gallery in the front, a gallery like space that turned into like a pop up shops and uh, people could rent it out. And then the back had all the desks and then there was a basement. So I would just use the front space as a gallery, and then we would ha- I would have a show and lots of people would show up. And I think. Um, the second one maybe more people showed up and then word of mouth maybe got around and there was a gallery in Toronto that's pretty pretty well known called Bogie Gallery and they've been around for 50 years it's it's like more of a, a traditional gallery it's really great and they uh, wanted to start showing my work and uh, yeah it just Un- unraveled from there, I guess. <laughs> I well, know. that's a it's yeah. kind of a nice perk of a studio space is that you could show the work in there. Yeah, to sort of get you out there. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. And I did some group shows and kind of, yeah, um, I, yeah. I guess it was it was great. It was great. And then um, from there, uh, I was still doing. I mean, I was still doing freelance work. Um, but oh, and I also worked at um, a, con- a venue, a concert venue, nice. which is which was wonderful. So I was doing that as well. Free shows. Yeah, it was amazing. What were you, you just working? Bartending. Oh, nice. And it was like one of the oldest. Uh, it's one of the oldest venues, concert venues in in Toronto. It's from nineteen nineteen. It used to be a si- silent film. Whoa. Cinema, yeah. Uh, Big or small. Um. Small. I mean, yeah, smallish. Like, what kind of bands are we talking? Uh, who was or who was your favorite? Um, I really, really loved Peter Hook and and the light or what's his band? I don't know. Joy Division and and um, New Order. He played. He was in New Order. Yes, and he was a guitar. Oh no! They played all the all the hits. It was amazing. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it was amazing. And uh, Saint Vincent was really good. Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, I remember Hot Chip being really good. Uh, that's that group that you like, the Chick Chick Chick, the Hot Chip, and like all the yeah. Yeah, LCD. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was nice to listen to, and also it was they were old. I mean, not old, but they weren't current at that time right. when they played and it was kind of maybe it was just more nostalgic for me I really enjoyed it right no that's cool um, yeah I mean well, that's I, a good gig yeah I yeah. mean you you know you're you're at least in the creative field you know you get to watch music yeah yeah so I'm still doing that and I did that until I was like 30 31 I was still I mean it was just nice too to get out of the studio and just go to a concert and yeah you know Be around humans and I also got paid for it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, I know it's good. And you do, I guess you know your way around the uh, bar and yeah. you know, make drinks. <laughs> yeah, it was very simple. It was like beers and vodka sodas. Okay, nothing, no <laughs> sidecars or like nah. Manhattans or anything. No, no, nothing fancy. So, and I'm curious since we're on the topic of music, hmm. what were some of the kinds of elect- like, what were some of the electronic stuff that you were into? I mean, that's such a wide. I know. I also range. like love old rock. Like my parents, I have all my dad's old vinyl, um, and I love all his jazz music too, which I love. Um, but yeah, electronic music. I was really into uh, Nicholas Jar, and and I love Dark Side, which is like an incredible. I don't know album. Nicholas Jar. Really? I mean, I've heard the name, but I don't know what go, is. Is it like house? Go, go listen to Dark Side. All right, I'm writing it down. He just came out with a new, I think, a few new songs, too. What, what kind year. of... It's, I mean, it's, it's minimal. Like, it's very... I like that. Yeah, it's more minimal electronic house kind of music. I mean, he has some pretty upbeat, older, older tracks, but Dark Side is a little bit more ambient-ish. And he, his voice, ugh, it's so great. And with... Um, the the guitarist is Dave Harrington. Dave Harrington? Unbelievable. Like a guitarist? Yeah, it's a guitar and him. He plays, you know... Um, programming? Yeah, programming stuff. I don't know. Yeah? Best concert I've ever seen in Toronto. Really? Yeah. Unbelievable. Wow. And they don't play anymore. Anyways. That's cool. Luke, go listen to it. It's so good. As a... I will. I wrote it down. <laughs> As a Canadian, were you, I know not from Canada, but were you a fan of boards of Canada? No. You don't know them? I do know them, but I wasn't a fan. I mean, it, I just wasn't into it. I didn't, I didn't, I know of them. I just never, maybe a little bit of it, but it didn't resonate with me, I don't think. I Why thought some are of that, they great? Oh, they're kind of seminal. Maybe I should get into that but again. But thinking of uh, that kind of collage-based music, like Manitoba, well, now that he's called Caribou, but he used to Love be called Manitoba. Carib- like, one of my favorites. Yeah. And that Love. first, that Stop Breaking My Heart record was yeah, just yeah. so good. Oh, so good. I've seen him was, a bunch, too. Yeah, he's, he's really good. And then he's got his side project, which is really good, too, speaking of minimal sort of beat stuff. Um, and it's called something. Wait, I think I know what you're talking about. Um, I'll remember and then I'll I always remember this after we stop rolling but yeah it's good stuff yeah and Fortet I would imagine you might yeah yeah loved loved just did a music video for Fortet really yeah what like director well we did my friend and I did this um, animation based on like um, abandoned Los Angeles during the um, during COVID Oh, wow. And we worked with him, and we did it for his song, L.A. Trance. Oh, I'd love to see that. I'll send you a link after <laughs> we're done. Yeah, yeah. Very cool. <laughs> but he's great, isn't he? He's so I good. will, not that you asked, but I will put, <laughs> I will put on in the studio, he does those boiler room sets, or like... Oh, I think like, I heard them, yeah. Or he'll do one in his, like, in his house, where he just yeah. streams for an hour. And yeah. for me, that kind of pulsating like slow yeah. evolving stuff is great to work to yeah. because you kind of get lost it doesn't it's not so in your face it can yeah. kind of become like part of the fabric of your movements and stuff it's nice yeah yeah i forgot about those like boiler room 
Remember those? Oh my god, yeah. Where there was like a DJ and there was like 50 people, people just behind. breathing on them and like <laughs> yeah. dancing, grinding on the person. They used to, they used to throw some of them in, in Toronto, yeah. like some of the parties I remember and friends of mine used to go. Yeah. Those are great. Anyone who likes that kind of music, just Google boiler room. Is that vintage now at this point? Is that like I think so. Now? Yeah. I also think it's like made fun of now. <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? Yeah. <laughs> I don't think it's cool. <laughs> well, the idea of those, of picturing those, like, there was a great Tori Moa one where there's, like, all these people just, like, bugging, like, all over. And, like, seeing that, like, post-COVID is very, like, Oh, weird. yeah, yeah, yeah. Just or the like, weird guy in the background who's just, yeah. Spaced sweat. out or staring at a girl or something. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's great. <laughs> so entertaining. I know it is. <laughs> Uh, and it can be distracting if you put those on on YouTube while you're working in the oh studio. Yeah. I I used to put them on at work when I was a, like a designer, like at the oh at, yeah. While I was working <laughs> on one side of the screen, yeah. your boiler room, and then the other you're doing yeah. InDesign. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is not going to make you efficient at work. No, no, but it's fun. No. no. <laughs> now, do you ever work? Because I have I teach and I have a lot of students who will paint and they have their laptop and they're watching whatever the office or you know or videos or no. whatever can you do that? i can't do that no i can't but i think the younger generation not to sound too old i think younger people can do it and it doesn't bother them i have what was i was watching something oh i mean it was a while ago but i what i did have something on because it was some, some I, I can't remember but i do remember i had it on while i was painting in the studio it was on my laptop Wheel of Fortune. <laughs> no, it was something specific. <laughs> like, I, I had to watch it. Someone sent it to me. They're like, oh, you got to watch this episode. Of, I don't know. I put it on, and I was painting. And then the next day when I looked at the painting, it just reminded me of the show. Oh, weird. <laughs> like, like, I like could, it came out. <laughs> yeah. Like, I could feel the show. That's in interesting, the isn't yeah, it? Yeah. It was weird. Uh, that would be an interesting idea for a show because it, there's a difference between working representationally and with abstraction of course yeah. and like you could like imagine for a show during the working period of it say you work on it for like nine months you only watch horror movies in the studio like I wonder if those paintings will be wrought with like tension and yeah. kind of dark oh I wonder yeah you're right yeah but it's mediated, so it's interesting. It'd be like, because we're all affected by our life, and that's how our art becomes what it is, and to some mm -hmm, extent, mm -hmm. you know, because it's kind of like part of the fabric of who we are. Yeah, yeah, so if yeah. you just like, you know, like lose yourself in like inspiration in something, if that ends up coming out, I mean, obviously actors do it. They'll go like, you know, bartend for a role about being a bartender, and then they just like live it. Like they literally live that life for like three months just to see what it's like. You yeah, know? yeah, 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 yeah. No, it would be interesting to do that. <laughs> I don't know if I could. I also think with me, it's, my work is pretty planned out beforehand. So I don't know how much of the show, if I'm like watching something right. while I'm painting, like how much it could change. Maybe in the color scheme, but. Yeah, or the planning stages. Maybe just when you're thinking of work or d or working out ideas for work, it would get manipulated by, you yeah. know, your feelings. Or yeah. But that's a good transition because yeah. and and to talking about sort of the formal aspects of the work is you know is 
there's sort of a collective like let's say you have a show and you're working on a group of work do they talk to each other do you purposefully sort of like make that a conversation or is each piece a new adventure each time i mean i saw the work you had at liner like in new york and that Mm -hmm. was seemed very cohesive yes and i've seen older work of yours or other work that seems like you know a lot different yeah um yes i think usually with the work especially if i'm working towards a show a, a work on um two paintings first and it will kind of dictate where the rest of the work's going to go so i do keep it pretty cohesive but i kind of allow myself a little bit of time to figure out what it's going to be like i don't pre-plan everything before i touch the canvas usually like yeah i let i let it to intuitively come within the first piece or two and then but you're doing sketches on the computer i assume Yes, so I, I mean, I do the wash first. I apply this, this wash, and it kind of helps me understand where it will go from there. I, I kind of, it's almost like, you know, intuitive, chaotic, attacking or whatever the canvas, and then, and then I resolve it by, you know, keeping, seeing what I love about the wash and the colors that are coming out and, and decide what I'm going to keep and what I'm going to, mask out or block out and then that informs me of what the composition will be and then I cut I do everything digitally at that point so then I, I kind of mask it all out on the computer and, and figure that out and, and usually it's that's when the collaging starts coming in and I'm cutting and pasting a lot and trying to uh, layer and then take things away and then put things back it, it's very yeah it has the same element of, of, of you know making something abstract on the canvas on the physical canvas but I just do it on the computer where I kind of have an idea and then I kind of scramble it all up and then do it again and then see the things that kind of creep in um and then I'll and then I'll put that on the I'll try to yeah put that on the canvas and then I rework stuff and then I go back in and rework it because it never really yeah the final the final Pro, like when I project it and get it on the canvas, uh, sometimes it just doesn't translate the way I want it to once it's pa- painted, and then I'll, I'll alter, right. I'll alter some things. Or like I'm working on one right now, actually that's like that, and I'm looking at it. I have to figure it out because it's weird. It's like when I see it on the computer, I'm like, oh, this is great. I don't, I don't know something about it's wrong now that it's painted. I'm like, I, I it feels flat or something. Lost so in good. translation. Right? Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Some things just don't. I do that with images where certain ones, when I'm drawing them out, or if I'm just researching certain images, and I think, mm-hmm. oh, this is, this is a good one, you know. Mm-hmm. But then, like, if I draw it out, like the the line drawing of it, and I project it onto a big canvas, and it just sometimes it just doesn't work at that scale, you know, or it yeah. just I'm like, oh yeah, this isn't gonna work. I know. Which is yeah. always better to get that before you start the painting. <laughs> well, I have the... My problem is the colors. Like, it's, it's always the color is... I don't know. It just doesn't have the thing I want. Yeah, just the the colors feel flat sometimes when I, when I try to, you know, color swatch right from the computer, which is probably... I mean, it's obvious that will happen. So then I have to go back in and, and rework... Yeah. Yeah, it seems like um that pro- like there's 
even if you're sketching things out on the computer, at least for me, it's like that too. It's a, there's a lot that needs to change in between notes, just like going from drawing to painting. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. And you, over time you start to instinctively know like, okay, I've got a, that's got to change or that's going to be different when I actually, you know, put yeah, paint to yeah. canvas. And I think that's just, totally. you know, just like any preparatory things for, or, or you could look at a digital drawing as its own piece and a drawing as its own piece and they're all just mm-hmm. different. And if you try to line them up sometimes, it depends on the mm-hmm. artist, but for most people, if you try to line it up exactly, it's just like it, something dies in there because it's just become oh, a, a copy, you know? Yeah. I think that's what it is. Something dies in the transition. And so there's always going to be reworking of something, even, even if it's just like the white, yeah, right? <laughs> the, the, yeah. I mean, it's always the white. That's the problem. For me. <laughs> the, uh, you, but your process, uh, aesthetics aside, I mean, there's, there seems to be a Rausch, Rauschenbergian sort of element to this moving mm-hmm. in play and like, you know, doesn't seem like you've yeah. navigated away from that sort of collaging mm. and, and, you know, that process. It's just a different look and feel. Yeah, it's a lot cleaner. Yeah, it's a lot cleaner. I mean, back back then I was ripping. I used to collect lots of ma- vintage magazines, ripping them up and smearing them and on the canvas and all that. <laughs> that doesn't happen Not all that aggression. <laughs> Throwing yeah. cans at it. Yeah. yeah. My, uh, I don't know if he listens to it. My old studio neighbor in graduate school was painting for a while with chains. He was dipping chains in paint, I think, and just banging the wall. But it was, oh, really? it was startling on my studio because I wouldn't know when it was about to start, and all of a sudden this giant chain would start banging oh. the walls. Pretty amazing. <laughs> kept me on my feet. That's funny. <laughs> it's like, oh, there it goes again. It's like a neighbor who plays the drums and it just starts kicking in at any given time. You're like, oh, there they go again. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I remember dipping cloths into into paint, like big buckets of paint, just throwing it, the cloth at the canvas Cathartic. and seeing what yeah, happens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was good, though, when you do that sort of thing. It does. It's kind of nice. It's kind of like empty. I think in life... If you're not doing that in your work, you just find another avenue to to get that stuff know, out. But you got to have yeah. that release some way or another. It's just going to explode. I, I do think though with the the release part like that's why with the washes like sometimes with the pouring of the paint and and um, the washes they get really aggressive and and there's lots of layers and sometimes they're very very heavy. Um, but that is the part where I, I mean, that's where I get my aggression out. I find, and I even if that always will go, that goes, it is slowly going away. I'm masking more and more. Um, I still, I still have to do it. Yeah. (laughs) Like even if it's hidden, I'm still going to do it. (laughs) Yeah. No, I get that out. I, I, to an extent I do that when I'm gessoing. I mean, it is like, you know. It's physical. It's yeah. movement. It's like yeah. you know, and sanding and all that stuff. It's I don't. I never. I I love doing that part of it. I can have someone else stretch the canvas for me at this point in my life. Because yeah. my hands, I it just there's a lot of pain, you know? know. But I don't want anyone priming my canvases for me. That's yeah. a me. Yeah. That's where I feel like, you know, it's like building the foundation of a house or something. Like I want that feeling yeah, yeah. that I've you know prepared that surface. 
No, I get it. Yeah. Now this it started as a joke, but I'm it's almost becoming a segment. But brush talk. So what do you? I imagine you have a lot of different brushes and techniques. I mean, you mentioned squeegee, right? With screen printing, uh, you use yeah. a lot of different methods. Squeegees and sponges for the washes, for sure. But I use like I use little rollers for the like yeah. the flat. Those flat are great. Thing. The foam yeah. rollers. Yeah. Yeah. Those are good. That's like a secret. Yeah. I don't know if people know that. Is it? I don't. Well, I'm sure some people do, but I think I've talked to people and I said, you know, and a lot of times with students, but um, the foam thing is kind of a secret for some people because I have a lot of students who are and know some artists who gesso with a big fat brush, like, you know, and and I was like, you know, if you use a foam brush, it goes on a lot smoother. You you can spend like a quarter of your time sanding and like half the gesso isn't going into the air. You could just use a foam yeah. brush. It's so easy. And they have those, you know, those foam brushes, like the, the ones that they sell at Home Depot that are super smooth, mm-hmm. but they have rollers like that. Like, oh, like, like a regular ones. paint roller, but instead of the oh, big really? brushy um, yeah, roller, yeah, yeah. it's a foam roller. It's super thin. It's like the foam brushes. Oh. I figured that one oh. out when I was doing a ginormous painting. I mean, a huge one. And I was like, this is going to be a real pain in the ass, the gesso. Yeah. <laughs> and I saw it when I went to get the foam brushes, I saw this roller and I was like, ah, oh, check, check yeah, yeah. I mean, I wonder if, I don't think it's going to be possible to get that here. <laughs> the hardware store is very limited as well. Can you order from Home Depot? <laughs> or what do you, actually, what do you have in, in Toronto? Do you have Home Depots? Okay. Yes, we have Home Depot, yeah. I usually use that or a hardware. There's a home hardware as well. It was great. It was right beside my studio in Toronto. Why'd you leave? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I'm so happy. Never, never going back. So are you near water? I am. Um, but uh, I chose to live. I'm in near Grassa area, which is, it, it's up further up in the hillier mm-hmm. part. Um, but if I walk to when I walk to the studio, uh, you kind of get a little bit of the water on your walks, nice. which is really nice. Yeah, yeah, and it's all, it's so close to go down. I take the ferry over. I mean, I've been going over to the residency. I was at a little bit because I'm still friends with the owners, and I have friends over on the other side of the river. So I take the ferry. I was there on the weekend. Take the ferry over. It's great. I love the water and just being near the ocean. Oh. Uh, although. Yeah. I feel like I will never buy a house or, or invest near water because I feel like it's just going under. Well, with everything that's happening yeah. now, actually, like I had this conversation with my friend. Uh, he's from, he's from well, Barrera, but Lisbon or mm-hmm. Portugal. And he, we were talking about, it's like, what, what do you think will happen if we get the same kind of like torrential downpour that Germany got or like, do you think the system will be able to hold this up? And asking him the questions and, and, uh, I'm so glad I didn't cho- choose to live closer to the water because I'm at the very top. I'm I'm secure. Your altitude here, is up. Like. Yeah. yeah, just in case something happens because the weather has been a little strange. But um, smart choice. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't, I would be too nervous to be in Alfama, which is right by the water. It's the oldest part of Lisbon. Yeah. It's not secure. I mean, beautiful and probably amazing Gorg- as long as there's gorgeous. no, you know, giant storms or whatever is yeah, coming yeah. because of our environment. Yeah. Not to be a downer. Yeah. Everything's <laughs> going great. It's great. It's great. Yeah. I'm sure Canadians have a little bit more of that 
glacier melt in their consciousness than others. Oh, yeah. It's probably, I would imagine the further north you go, the more, you know, you hear about and worry about just all the melting. Yeah, I mean, my parents right now are dealing with some scary stuff in BC right yeah. now. I mean, they have their bags ready, ready to go at the door. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. I feel like it's just the way, you know, anyways. I know, we don't need no, to. No, no, it's, it's why making art is so great. We can escape into our <laughs> imagination yeah. and pretend. Yeah. Um, into the flow state. Do you get into the flow state? This is like a new phenomenon for me. I just figured this, or just sort of learned about flow state. What's that? That uh, mm-hmm. when you're working in the studio for a while and you just kind of like forget reality and everything else washes oh, away. Yeah. It's just kind of bliss. Yes. yes. And it's particular to like artists or creative people. Like they can get lost in that world. Oh, yeah. Isn't yeah, that yeah, the best? Yeah. It's the best. It's the best. It happens all the time. I know yeah. when you forget everything you know you just i feel like it's the most de-stressed i am in my life whenever i i mean it gets to the point too where like your music's not even or music podcast nothing's playing you're just in silence like sometimes i'll forget i'll forget that it's just silent and i'll just work for hours that's amazing that's an amazing state when you get to that yeah because i think too now we're conditioned i know i am and I'm the first person to say we have this phone is terrible. Like it's ruining our lives, and it's just like I mean we're never off the clock, and we're constantly worried about picking it up, and our brain is like constantly going. There's never like downtime anymore. You're always on the clock, you know. But um, but yeah, that that when you hit that sort of silence and you lose that feeling of needing to connect or needing to check or whatever, I feel like it's oh, the ultimate I, I, de-stressing, and it's so rare now. Oh, for sure, and and the fact like I always think about the fact that like I'm now I'm hardly on my computer during the day. I mean, unless I'm you know composing the paintings or I mean that it does sometimes those are those are days, but but when I'm just painting like all day long and not looking at my phone, not looking at the, my screens, I'm in the studio for eight, nine, ten hours. It's so wonderful. Yeah. Even if it's hard, right? <laughs> like, Even if it's a tough day, yeah. it's still. But and I'm and I'm standing. Like I'm standing and actively like doing something. Right. For the, it's just and I'm engaged. You know, it's so great. Is that your sort of physical part of the studio, or do you do other like sports or exercise or stuff, or is that pretty much when your time of when you're like moving? Uh, no, I, I do, I do exercise. I do yoga and, um, like some cardio stuff. Don't you think it's important? <laughs> I've been really, oh, yeah. value that. Yeah, it was yeah. hard during the pandemic because like, well, for some people, I mean, here in Brooklyn, it's like, you know, I was in, in, like if I go in my hallway, yeah, yeah. there's a lot of people. So I was kind of like, could you go to the studio? Like what did well, you Well, I worked do? at home. Because we had okay. family members who were super high risk, so we didn't want to like yeah, yeah. you know screw that up. So I I just yeah. made a little mini studio at home, worked on small stuff, which worked, oh, that's great. you know. Yeah. But um, yeah, yeah. It, it was a different. It was an adjustment. I mean, I I work out in my studio. Like I I bring my yoga mat there and I just like work out in a place and then I I do it at the end of the day. So then when it, it's almost like oh I just like going to the gym. Yeah. Well, it sounds like <laughs> you can. And then I'll go home and I'll shower. It's a big yeah. studio. <laughs> you have the space for it. I mean, I used, to, I used to do it in my old studio too. Like 
I would just do it at the end of the day. And then actually my old studio had a shower so I could shower there. It was great. Funny, our studio building I'm in has a shower too, but I'm a little. I know. So I was nervous about it for years. And then six months before I moved out, I thought maybe I should try this. And I did. And it, I was like, I'm so mad I didn't do this before. It's great. I can work out midday. Yeah. And yeah, that's, that's advantageous. You could squeeze it in any time. Yeah. I feel like it's important to like, you know, I don't know. You feel like you have more energy in the studio if you're actually, you know, getting some energy in another way. Yeah. I also think it's nice to have this little break for my mind to kind of, I don't know. uh, It's why I kind of, I did like doing it midday because it broke up my day in this really nice way. Like I would be very focused and then I would work out and I would be clear headed again. It was like a reset. And then the afternoon I would work again and yeah, I don't get that as much, but still, still end of day is great. Well, it's kind of like the equivalent of throwing the paint at the canvas in a way you can get that out, you know? Yeah, yeah, cathartic, yeah. or yeah. you can exhale yeah. when you do that. Um, yeah, but no, no other sports really, unfortunately. No rugby. No, no. Right. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, weird segue. We mentioned something earlier, and I thought of it is when you're like talking about all these feelings and you know tender whatever. When you sort of make your work and you hang a show, do, mm-hmm. are you? wanting the viewer to get a particular feeling from the work or are you open for them exploring it in any way or are you trying to create a sort of layering and tension in the image or relaxation or i mean they are pretty busy they're not sort of like they're not the minimal electronic songs they're a little more like drum and bass or something i mean you got a lot going on like it's they feel faster and they feel like you know dynamic so i'm wondering if like when you make that work, if that's an image that you're trying to convey that feeling or get that mm-hmm. sort of relationship with the viewer, or if it's just, that's your relationship to the image and the viewer brings whatever they bring to it. I mean, I do. Yeah. I don't, I think about it for myself really, but I think for me with that idea of the, I know it, they are sometimes very busy. There's something though, there's like a pulsating feeling to it that I like. It does something to my eyes that I, I like the feeling of it and I, I, I can't really explain it. So when I get that kind of pulsating feeling through the, the lines of the, the colors and the shape, like the way the, the, the image is composed with the wash underneath, um, if I get that feeling, this, this humming, it's like a humming or a pulsating nice. feeling. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. You know, then I'm like, oh, I love this. This is great. Yeah. It reminds me of, uh, I have one of those things called a Theragun, which is kind of like a little massage mm-hmm. gun thing. And mm-hmm. it vibrates really quickly and intensely. Yeah. But it, yeah. and you put it on your muscles and it's like a massage thing, but it's d- a dynamic and fast and loud and really like strong, but it's very yeah. relaxing at the same time. And you kind of like, yeah, yeah. you know, you loosen up in it because of it. It's, it's not like it makes you more tense. It's like an intensity yeah, yeah. that relaxes you in a way. So that's mm-hmm. kind of an interesting, because yeah. you feel some sort yeah. of comfort in that fast pulsating rhythm of the painting. Yeah. So you didn't, yeah, you didn't so. sign up for a talk about <laughs> massage guns in relation to your paintings, but that's, <laughs> no, that's no, where I this totally crazy train goes. I, <laughs> I totally 
see what you're saying though. No, it makes complete sense. Well, there's, do you know the, sorry, again with music, do you know the musician Square Pusher? No. He has a, a song called Port Rhombus and it's really fast. Mm-hmm. Like there's a very fast beat mm-hmm. in it, but then there's symphonic kind of like strings. It's probably, or, and over top of it, it's beautiful. It's kind of like Aphex Twin and some of his mm-hmm. stuff, but, um, it is very intensely quick and kind of frenetic, but it's at the same mm-hmm. time beautiful and relaxing. Mm. I need to write that down. What's Port it called? Rhombus by Square Pusher. It's really old. It's like back when I was in high school or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember hearing that record, and it's I still to this day listen. I love that song. But um, but yeah, that's that's kind of what I th- I have this you know problem where I can't help but think of music in relation to images so yeah yeah I, I mean I totally I think I think I subconsciously do it as well it's just more more recent it feels like it's left my studio practice yeah <laughs> you know like I, I mean I think I think years of listening to music and 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 being so obsessed with it maybe it's coming out now like over absorbing it for so many years right. Yeah. Um, so, so you had this big move, and you, you know, you're getting situated. But are you? Do you have things on the horizon? Do you have anything coming up that you're working towards? Uh, yes, I am. I have a show at Magma Gallery um, in September. It's in Italy. It's a duo show with Jan Collab. He's a he's a graphic, a graffiti artist. Uh, I mean, I shouldn't say that. He he's he does the shaped. I, 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 I don't know his work very well, but I know he was a graffiti artist back in the day, and now he does more of these shaped graphic canvases. So yeah, we have a show together, and um, then I think I'm doing. I just ended up doing Art Toronto in nice. Canada, and working on a few other little projects, but they're more commission based at the moment. Yeah. Can we real quick before we before I mercifully let you go? Can we sing the praises of Toronto? What a great town! Oh, it is. It's great. I mean, it's changed a lot. Well, I only know the recent. Like, I only started going. Re- I mean, I went to Niagara Falls back when I was like a little kid, but I went yeah. recently a couple times. I mean, it's. I love it. The food's great. It's like diverse. The food is great. The f- food is incredible. Yeah. I just think that the the city took a turn a little bit with the pandemic and the housing market's kind of insane. Oh, um, yeah. yeah. I haven't been there since then. Yeah. Like the, it's, I don't know. It's a little unfortunate. Like the, the pandemic, I think a lot of lo- lo- small businesses, unfortunately closed a restaurant sucks. and there's a lot of condos going up and yeah. I that mean, it's fam- great. It is a great city. Hopefully it will turn yeah, around. That sounds familiar though. I, I, New York had a lot of small the, businesses close, but they'll come yeah. back. Yeah. 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 Uh, but yeah, no, it's a great city. I'm, I'm excited to go back and see, see what happens at some point just for a visit though. Right. I think I'm permanently here. Yeah. <laughs> just, just a, a drive by. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, I'm excited for you. That sounds like a great move. And it must be invigorating to, to sort of make new work in a new country and a whole new Yeah, thing, I mean, it, you know? also why I was not, like, I was a little worried about talking because I think it, I have a, I've been out of the studio for two and a half months. This is the longest I've ever not painted for. 
and I was kind of worried about talking about my work because I kind of was in this like what is my work <laughs> I don't even remember it's been so long uh so I, and I'm excited to see if if what happens like it could it could completely you know change in some ways I'm just like the world completely changed yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. we never know what's gonna yeah. happen right but yeah, yeah, fortunately for you, wait, I, don't, I never really talk about too much art in this thing. It's more of like artists <laughs> being able to talk about their life, which they never get a chance to do, you know. It's always about yeah, the art, yeah. so why yeah. not talk about, you know, electronic music and, and mm-hmm. Lisbon. But um, but yeah, thanks so much. It was great to talk to you. Thank and, you. Uh, oh, and people can check out your work. You do, you have a website and you have Instagram. Yes, uh, website www.katherinemcnaughton.com. I love that you added the and www. <laughs> <laughs> That's for all the parents out there. Yeah. <laughs> HTTP. Um, yeah, HTTP. Um, uh, and my Instagram is Catherine Mac. Do you go by Catherine or do you have a nickname? Or is that. I was, it was it's always Catherine. Catherine. I like Catherine more than a Katie. Oh, shit. I just offended every Katie. Katie, I I like Katie. Like Katie, I like your name, too. I just like Catherine. I have so many friends named Katie. So many. Oh, great. Now they all hate me. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I'm not saying anything. I don't hate that name at all. Kim. Now, Kim's a name I can't stand. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Brian is really the worst name. Um, but yeah, they should check out your, your, I mean, you have a pretty good feed of like, you, you keep it pretty active. (laughs) Try it. Yeah. Cool. Well, thanks a lot. I look forward to seeing your work again in person. It's been a little while, but to see your work in person again, hopefully in New York sometime soon. I know. Hopefully. Maybe I'll be able to visit Europe at some point too. You better. Yeah. If you come to Lisbon. You must, you must reach we out. We're close. I'm gonna. We'll we'll do it at some point. It's on the map. I'm a big soccer fan, and I I want to go to Porto. Like I want to go see a game. Yeah, yeah, great. yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, thank All right. you. Thank you very much. Good talking. Vision is recorded, edited, and produced by myself, Brian Alfred. You can find out more by checking out the website, soundandvisionpodcast.com. Find images on Instagram, at soundandvisionpodcast. 
Many thanks to Brigine for the intro-outro music, Michael Lovett for the introduction, and Catherine for taking the time out to speak. Thanks to Golden Artist Colors and Fulcrum Coffee for their sponsorship and making it happen in the studio for me. Uh, many more episodes coming up, some good stuff, so uh, thank you as always. If you can, drop by iTunes, leave a rating and review. It helps the podcast, and uh, spread the word. Thank you.